Welcome to the teaching ministry of pastors Carl and Cheryl Thomas. Our favorite verse is Habakkuk 2.14, where the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Consumed by that revelation, we are committed to recognizing, resourcing, and releasing high-impact ministries resulting in global glory, transforming lives to impact their world. We have a teaching that will impact you today. Now, let's get right into that word. All right, so we've been working on a series starting the year up called See Yourself Here. See Yourself Here. Who's enjoyed that a little bit? Three people. It's good. So I've enjoyed it a lot. I've really, really enjoyed this series. It's blessed me a ton. And, and uh, so we started with see and talked about seeing and what seeing is all about. And, you know, we had a few crises. A couple, couple of marriages had trials because one saw purple, one saw white. And uh, anyways, that's a long story. Who in your marriage saw different colors than your spouse? And you're still together, right? Eh? That's awesome. It's good. So, so we talked about seeing is seeing. This is just an apparatus, but we need you to see. We want you to be equipped to see and perceive in the spirit. We want you to see and know what God is doing. And not only that, but then we want you to see yourself. Because when you come to Christ, you know, you get a revelation of who you are. There's something that just, I love this because it says, Jesus looked and he saw Nathaniel. I just love that. He looked and he saw. And you know what? He sees you. And you know, it's so beautiful to be seen by God and to know who he is, to see him, to be seen by, to understand your identity in Christ and just to really be self-actualized. And his eternal purpose for your life is so important. And then it's see yourself here. Every part of this story, everywhere in the Bible where people encountered Jesus, they didn't want to go talk about it. They wanted people to also encounter him. Because it doesn't say they went and said, hey, I had a Jesus experience. They said they went and they grabbed him and said, come and see. Come with me right now. And they brought them to him. So it's, it's not about people. It's, witnessing isn't about giving people information. It's sharing your life with people. It's sharing the encounter that you have with God. It's letting people get involved in your encounter with Jesus and getting them to have their encounter with him as well. So that's really important. So see yourself here. See yourself here. And today we want to continue in the story. We're hanging our hat on the gospel of John and chapter one, and we've been teaching all the way through that. So we're going to pick up again in verse 47, all right? So if you got your Bibles, it's John 1, verse 47. We got to pick up the story here. You ready? Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, and he said to him, Behold, look at you. He said, Behold, you are an Israelite indeed, in whom there is no deceit. And Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? How can you say that? How can you say that to me? And Jesus answered him and said, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, and he said, How'd you know I was under the fig tree? How'd you, you know something happened under the fig tree? Under the fig tree for a, a Jewish person, it's, it's that place that I carve out. It's a little canopy under a fig tree where you can carve out your own spot and you can have that one on one face to face time with God. And in his face to face time with God, he had an encounter, and Jesus said, I saw you there. That encounter you had, he said, That was me. I was there. I saw you as a part of that. And he said, I saw you. And suddenly Nathaniel's going, that is really awesome. And he said, wowzers. And here's how Nathaniel responded to that. He said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. I mean, that was a big enough revelation, a big enough experience and encounter with Jesus, just that little bit of dialogue that he went, you're the son of God. How many people in your life need you to speak into their life, to speak something specifically about them that they don't know, to get a revelation from God that only God would know, and you share something with them, and they're going, you just read my mail. You just, you just said things that, I, no, I've never talked to anybody about that. 
And yet that encounter was enough for Nathaniel to say, you're the son of God. That encounter that you have with people, that revelation, that God moment where they encounter God in you can totally transform their lives. It's true. True story. He said, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. And Jesus answered, wowzers. He said, just because of that encounter, just because I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. You will see greater things than these. Really? Tell me more. Okay. You will most assuredly, most assuredly, I love that, most assuredly I say to you hereafter, you will see heaven open and angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. I'm telling you, you'll see greater things than that, but I'm telling you most assuredly. You are living under right now an open heaven. You are living today, right this moment, not in and out, not every once in a while I arrive there, every once in a blue moon I achieve that status. God has qualified you, he has established you, and you live under an open heaven every day. And every day there are angels ready to be activated to ascend and descend the ladder of heaven and to bring heavenly favors into your world. And that's where this whole thing leads to. That's where we're seeing Seeing yourself, seeing yourself here, but then seeing yourself here as a living, breathing, walking, open heaven, as a dispenser every moment of your life of heavenly favor. And you are the gateway to the throne room of God. That's who you are. That's what we, that's what we want. I want you to see yourself here. See myself where? See yourself here as a dispenser of heavenly favor every moment of your life. Thank you for that pitter-patter right there. So here we are. You're never going to be the same. You're going to get healed today. Your mind's going to be transformed. Things are going to be broken off your life. Fear, guilt, shame. Things are breaking off your life right now. You're going to walk out of here ready to walk in a level with God that has always been yours, but a level of engagement with him like you've never known. Today, 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 today is that day. Look out, world. Here I come. All right. So Nathaniel was a student of the word of God. He knew exactly what Jesus was talking about. As soon as Jesus said this to him, he knew it was going on. John chapter 145, Philip found Nathaniel and he said to him, we have found him who Moses in the law and the prophets wrote about. We have found him, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. He is the one. So what did he appeal to, to get Nathaniel to come? He appealed, he appealed to Nathaniel's revelation in the word of God. He appealed to his revelation of the law and the prophets. He appealed to that revelation because he knew I can get him to come because I know he's a man of God and a man of the word and I know when I tell him about the word of God and the fulfillment of that word he's going to want to come because he's been seeking the realization of that. So he knew he had a, a God guy. Even Jesus said you are truly, you are an Israel, a sincere Israelite. You're someone who's really looking for the consolation of things. That's who he was. We so appealed to that. So when Jesus talked about the stairway, immediately he knew Jesus was talking about that stairway that Jacob saw. And Jacob, when he was running for his life, but he was running with the blessing. He had the blessing. He didn't have dad's camels. He didn't have dad's donkeys, but he had dad's blessing. And he was running with the blessing, running for his life. And he didn't realize that when you got the blessing, you got everything. 
And see, the Father's blessing, our Father's blessing, he sent the Holy Spirit who's poured out upon us, and we are partakers of the Father's blessing. And if you got the Father's blessing, you got everything. But he's running with the Father's blessing, running a scared, a little, little fearful, and there he stops and uses a rock for a pillow, and he has an encounter with God. He has an encounter with God. Genesis 28, 10 to 19, I'll read just a bit of it. But it says, Then he dreamed, and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth, and it reached toward heaven, and the angels of God were ascending and descending say ascending go like this with me ascending descending where do they start they start right here they're not coming from heaven they're already here in fact they're here right now they're with you every day of your life you're never ever alone you've always got the presence of God but there are angels assigned to you and they're ready to be activated every day Oh, I just want to use used by you today, Lord. Everyone I run into, if I, if I, hopefully I'll run into some desperately sick people. Hopefully I'll run into some hopeless cases today because we're going to lose heaven on them. The angel's like, "Who, Carl, going to use us today? Get ready, fellas. He's ready to activate us." Woo, woo. Some got dopey angels going. Ugh. They haven't called on us forever. They got no expectation of nothing. They don't even know who they are. And you got these big, fat, sloppy angels. Oh, oh, you want me to go up the stairs now? After all these years? Your angels should be fit. Never quit. Hey. It's there, I'm telling you, it's right there. You know, now this wasn't, it wasn't like, I got to encourage poor Jacob. He's so sad. Let's give him a little light show to encourage him. It wasn't like some little show. Oh, wasn't that nice? See, the reality is, the unseen realm is more real than the seen realm. And anything that's on the scene begins in the unseen. Faith operates in the unseen realm, and it calls those things that are not as though they were. So what God wanted to show Jacob was that you are blessed. You were living under an open heaven. And he didn't pull back a light show. He just peeled back reality and said, this is what you live in every day. This is your life. This isn't a little, whoa, just to make you happy, want to show you a little show, get excited, whoa, whoa. Oh, that light show is going to keep me going for a while. No, this is your life. This isn't a little show once in a while. You live under Jacob. You're going to go from this point forward walking in the blessing of God. You're going to live under an open heaven. Everywhere you go, the favor of God is going to go. Laban said, why am I so blessed? He went to a witch and said, why am I so blessed? They said, you're blessed because of the favor of God on Laban. You're blessed because, or Jacob, you're blessed because Jacob lives under an open heaven and the favor of God is bigger than Jacob's life and it's spilling out over everything around him. How many know the old covenant was real good? I mean, the new covenant's better. And Jesus is saying, you know what? The ladder still works in the new covenant. It's still there. You're going to see ascending. You're going to see ascending and descending on the Son of Man. You're going to see. Say see. You're going to see it. You, every day, you're going to see the heavens are open. And on your life, you're going to see ascending and descending. Amen. Then Jacob woke up and he said, surely God is in this place. And I didn't know it. I've been living my life out of what I can see, what I can, you know, do. Living my life out of what I can experience. And I had no idea that I'm living under an open heaven every day of my life. I had no idea that I was in the house of God. You're in the house of God right now, corporately in the house of God. But you also individually, personally, you're the dwelling place of the Almighty. Right now, we are a portal to heavenly realms. Right now, there is nothing too hard. Where two or more are gathered in his name, he's in the midst. 
He's here right now. And there is nothing is impossible right now. In this corporate pre presence, in this corporate place, the power of God is present right now to heal and deliver you. Hey, got an amen from Dan. One or two others. You right now are in an open heaven. Their corporate anointing right now is here to deliver you, free you, touch you. You'll never be the same. Amen. Woo! Impact Church! All right. What's your church all about? Uh, I don't know. We just kind of do a couple songs and a little, you know, little TED talk, and then we go home and feel better about ourselves. Living under an open heaven, Jack. That's what the preacher told me today. The little tubby guy up front told me that I'm a living, breathing, walking tabernacle of God. I'm a dispenser of heavenly favor. Everywhere I go, the kingdom of God is in full force. Boom, kingdom of God. 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 Man, don't you wish that were true? It's absolutely true. Man. All right. Jesus manifests in open heaven. He said, you're going to see it. Hang around. You're going to see it. Turn the water into wine. Feeds the 5,000. Calms the storms. Raises the dead. I mean, suddenly, Nathaniel is going, whoa, look at this. I'm seeing stuff. I mean, I was thrilled about a word of knowledge, but now I'm seeing. I participated. He gave me a basket with a couple of little pieces of fish and some bread. Went, Feed everybody. I went, sure. Here, you can have some. Oh, there's more. You can have some, some fish. Oh, this, the basket's exploding. Oh, 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 oh. He saw heaven open. He experienced angels ascending and descending on the Son of Man. He experienced heaven invading earth. And he saw the impossible taking place because nothing is impossible to them that believe. And all through their life, they hung around with Jesus and said, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? What's he going to do today? <laughs> Yesterday was crazy. What do you think he's going to do today? Oh, I'd say that was nuts, wasn't it? I mean, going with those little morsels and coming back with a full basketball. Going, Jesus, holy cow. Well, did you see that? Cow, we had fish. No, cow, no. Man. They participate. And then look at this. Matthew 12, 15. Great multitudes followed him and he healed them Oh, don't you wish Jesus was here today? Because, you know, when Jesus was around, the multitudes got healed. Don't you wish he was still nearby? Don't you wish that you were alive when he was around and you could have just one touch of his garment? Just one touch. You're packing that same anointing. You don't just get healed, you radiate health. You're at Tim Hortons, and you're opening the door for something. Let me get that for you. You open the door, and all of a sudden, wow, a tumor just fell out of your body. That was really weird. You know, uh, let's just shovel that up. And then all of a sudden, what happened? Oh, my God. And the drive through gets stuck, and the line gets bigger. And suddenly, you got a healing line in Tim Hortons. You're praying for everybody. And the police come and go, what's going on with the traffic? And it's, it's a revival in Tim Hortons. A tumor fell off her body. She's healed. I can't see that happening, Pastor. Oh, smarten up. It is unnatural for us to live an explainable life. It is unnatural for you to walk out here not 100% healed. Unnatural. Don't want to offend anybody. <laughs> but it's unnatural because we are living under an open heaven. Well, the apostles, they got in on it. 
The apostles did it. In Acts chapter 5, 12, 15, it says many signs were done by the apostles. I mean, see, there's even Peter. I mean, Peter's just going to Costco. And he, you know, he's going down lane 12, and the lady's got those little weenies coming out of the, you know, toaster oven. And, and then all around him, people are falling out and getting touched. And he's like, man, what's going on? I just wanted to get a weenie. What row are those weenies in? And he walks down that row. People getting healed in that row. People are just trying to find out where's Peter going to be today because he was so saturated with the presence of God. It's like my cologne. There goes Pastor Carl. My dad always wore Fahrenheit. Remember Fahrenheit? It's still around. I know my son wears it all the time now. And every time he walks in, they go, wow, Dylan, it's you. I thought it was my dad. You know what? They go, it's you. I thought it was Jesus. Because you're a pack and you're a carrier. Wherever you go, you don't just try to get out. I'm not trying to get well. I am so well that I run into people and make them well. Yeah. I am infected with the glory virus. You know how they're all concerned about corona? Skip corona. You got the glory. I'm infected right now with the glory virus. Everybody I run into gets smeared with heavenly favor. Gushers of his goodness. Yeah, that's right. So but that was the apostles. I mean, Jesus, he had an open heaven. The apostles, yes, they had an open heaven again. Even Nathaniel, also called Bartholomew. I'll give you a little quote here. This is out of the, uh, a book called, William Barclay wrote a book called The Master's Man. Bartholomew went, after Jesus ascended and all that, Bartholomew went out and he, pre he was in India, he was in Armenia, he was in all kinds of places. And in Armenia, Armenia before, before Rome declared we're all Christian, Armenia was the first nation to declare itself Christian. And they said well over 95% of Armenia completely turned to Jesus. And this was well before the Roman emperor said, Christianity is now... You know, and why? Because of Bartholomew. Bartholomew went and changed the whole nation. Why? Because Bartholomew knew what it was to activate the ladder and loose heavenly favor everywhere he went. Bartholomew, it says, his voice was like a trumpet. Angels waited upon him. He was always cheerful. Ha ha! That's one of our verbs, one of the verbs we value. At Impact Church, we enjoy stuff. Because in the presence of the Lord, there are straight jackets for everyone. Amen? In the presence of the Lord, there's joy forevermore. Come on, if you're in the presence of God, get happy. Even if you don't know why, just kind of, ah. It's awkward. I don't even know why. It's good. Like, he was full of joy. He was cheerful. And he knew all languages. I mean, no matter where he went, he could speak and he could do that. It says, it says that the king of Armenia, the, the language they used, his daughter was a lunatic. I don't know if that's politically correct anymore, but it said his daughter was a lunatic. And the, he came, prayed for her. She was totally set free. And the king was so blessed by that. That miracle totally transformed his life. He said, I want to follow your Jesus. And after that, the whole nation turned to Jesus. Now the king's brother was a dirtbag. I don't know if that's politically correct either, but... But the priests of all the gods and all the other idols, people wouldn't go to those temples anymore because those gods were obliterated. Those priests went and got his brother to go arrest Bartholomew. And they, Bartholomew, they flayed him. You know what a flay is? Like Bobby Flay? They flayed him. They, they skinned him. <laughs> they skinned him and hung him on a cross. And, and he was martyred and he gave up his life. But miraculous, incredible stuff happened in his life. Now that's Jesus and that's the apostles and that's in the Bible pastor, so we're good with that. But let me say a word. You ready? Here it is. Listen to the word. It's cessationism. Cessationism. That is a doctrine that I don't, I'm not picking on anybody. I'm not, I'm not trying to say, you know, we're better than you. I'm not saying any of those things. But we are different. 
We're different than what gets taught in a lot of religious circles. In a lot of religious circles, they actually hold on to this doctrine as a truth. And the doctrine is that we believe we're in cessationism. Cessationism is the view that miraculous gifts, tongues and healings have ceased, that the end of the apostolic age brought a cessation of the miracles associated with that age. And most cessationists believe that while God can and still does perform miracles today, the Holy Spirit is no longer uses, he no longer uses individuals to perform miraculous signs. Now, there are an awful lot of places that still believe that, and therefore, if you say I went to impact church, I heard somebody speaking in tongues, and they actually believe people can be healed. They go, oh, those poor people at impact. What's the matter with them? They would be cessationists, which is not biblical. It's a man-made doctrine to somehow justify our lack of results. So let me give you another slide. Here you go. The Westminster Confession of the Faith, section one, it says, and this is talking about the scriptures. In the Westminster Confessions, it says about the scriptures, the former ways of God's revealing his will unto his people are now ceased. So there's no longer direct revelation. You don't say God spoke to me. You don't say God told me. You don't say we don't believe in tongues. We don't believe in prophecy. We don't believe in extra biblical experiences. So if you hang out with somebody who says God told me, just go, that's nice. They must have been an impact church too, you know. But I hear voices. I hear voices. I hear the voice of God. I hear the voice of the Spirit. I hear something other than my own voice directing me, guiding me, speaking me, moving in my life. I get direct revelation from the Holy Spirit. He speaks to me about present revelation, present truth, and it says he will teach you and he'll speak to you and tell you things to come. But see... People who are cessationists say, well, we don't believe that anymore. But the Bible doesn't teach that. But they've taken their own mindset and their own doctrine and they put it on top of the scriptures and they brought a counterfeit lens over the scripture to take all the fun stuff out. But we're not that. So give me another slide. It was the year 367. It was chosen as the terminal date. This is all you can get taught this if you go to seminary. If you go to seminary, you get a great big degree in, in theology, you'd be so good. Some people call it seminary, some people call it cemetery, because it's where your spirit dies. So, but you get chosen, there's a terminal date for spiritual gifts, because that was the year the canon of scripture was made. The canon of scripture was established by a whole bunch of men getting in a room and deciding what is scripture and what isn't. And that's what happened. So your New Testament was decided on five criteria by a whole bunch of guys who got in a room. And they said, we believe these letters that we have, they are the word of God. And so people decided that once the canon was established, we don't need any extra biblical revelation. And therefore, there are no more gifts of the Spirit. There's no manifestation of that. We don't need anything now because now we have Father, Son, and Holy Book. And that's straight up what it is. So the argument is based on this verse. They took this verse, which is odd, odd, odd. It is, but when the perfect is come, then which is part will be done away with. So when the perfect comes, when the mature comes, we can put away childish things. And so they hang their hat on that, which is a gross misinterpretation of it. And it's an assumption. Say assumption. It's an assumption made that it's an expression that that which is perfect refers to. What they're saying is perfect is the Bible. And we love the Bible. We're so grateful for the Word of God. But it's not Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and Holy Book. It's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And we thank God for the Word of God. We thank God for the Bible. But the Word is really capital W-O-R-D. It's Jesus is the Word. And this Word was written to show us Jesus. 
That's what it's inspired to do. So they decided, let's, why are you doing this, pastor? You were doing so good. I was enjoying your sermon. I want you to know that it is strange with some people when you say you want to see healing, you want to see the power of God, you want to see signs of God. Some people think you're crazy. Here's the truth. Shh, I'll just whisper it because I don't want to be mean. They're fully off their rocker nuts. And they're not helping move ahead the kingdom of God. Just saying. That's all. Nice folks going to heaven, love them all. But there's more. Give me another slide just because I don't know where I am. That's us. We are called continuationists, which is continuationism, which is the belief that all the spiritual glyphs, including healing, tongues, miracles, are still in operation today, just as they were in the days of the early church. A continuationist believes that the spiritual gifts have continued unabated since the day of Pentecost, and these demonstrations and signs and wonders and miracles, as witnessed in the apostolic era, should be the hallmark the hallmark, the hallmark of today's church as well. What's a hallmark? Does anybody know what a hallmark is? It's a seal. It's something that establishes, it marks it out as authentic. That's really the church. The supernatural is the hallmark that this is really the dwelling place of God. And it has to be, and it really should be. Thank you, Ben. Thank you so much. But it really should be. So I don't mean to hammer on that, but, you know, Jesus wants every one of us, I mean, he really wants to use you, and he wants you to use the power tools to get the fullness of the kingdom here on earth. He's not going to do it himself. He has subjected himself to something called the church, which is the vehicle through which he's going to reveal his eternal purpose and his multifaceted wisdom to the earth. So if you get a church that is operating without authorization, without the hallmark, it's not right. Is anybody with me, or did you all? Who's afraid there's a test on this? There is. It's called right after service. You'll walk out there. You'll be tested. Okay. Give me another slide. Thank you. Hebrews 10.20. For he, was, he has dedicated a new and life-giving way for us to approach God. For just as the veil was torn in two, Jesus' body was torn to give us fresh access. How do you have access to God right now? Well, if I pray hard enough and I fast, I do five Holy Ghost push-ups. I'm in. No, you're in because of what Jesus did. Your access is assured, and if you try any other way, you're trying to go over the wall, the door. Jesus said, I am the door. There's no other access point. Jesus is the door. That's the only way you can approach. And I love it. It's not the new way. It's the new and living way. It's alive. It's alive. It's God. I mean, it's a living way. I am always in the presence of God. I always have access to God. I might think in my head, I don't feel close to God. You may think that, but you are close to God. You know why I know that? Because he said in the book, I will never leave you or forsake you. You might in your head say, I don't think God likes me right now. That's rubbish because you've never lived an unloved moment. He loves you and he's never going to change his mind about you. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. Thank you. I love that. It's a, a Dominican Republic. Amen. That was so good, wasn't it? Amen. It's good stuff. Amen. Praise Jesus. 
All right, so give me another slide just because I think I lost my notes. Acts chapter 9, Ananias. Ananias, well, you tell me it was the apostles and it was Jesus, but nobody else. Well, Ananias wasn't an apostle. He was just a believer, minding to those business, having a little worship time, listening to some Hillsongs tunes. Woo, woo, woo. And then all of a sudden, God drops in and says, hey, I need you for a second. I want you to go down to Straight Street. And you know that guy who's been killing all the Christians? I want you to go. He's right now blind and he doesn't know what's going on, but I want you to go heal him, baptize him in the Holy Ghost, and then I want you to tell him that I got a ministry for him. And Ananias going, what? And then he went down and he did it. We never saw Ananias before. We never saw him again. We saw a lot of Paul later on. But I tell you, if Ananias didn't do what he was called to do, who knows where Paul would be, right? So you know what? Every single person in front of you is an opportunity. Something special is going on because you got something living and breathing, a destiny in front of you that's worth you serving, loving, and respecting. Boom, and he acquired his sight. There, there's the answer. So look at that right there. What does that say? People other than apostles did the stuff right there even in the Bible. Give me another slide. So angelic assistance, because it says angels will ascend and descend. So folks, you have angelic assistance. I wish I had some help doing this. You have angels on assignment in your life every single day. Oh, I heard you shouldn't worship angels. I didn't tell you to worship them. I told you to put them to work. I'm not saying bow down to them. I'm just saying they're there and they're ready to serve you. Like, shouldn't you do something with that? I mean, I got this screwdriver and I got a drill. Ring, 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 ring. Or I got the screwdriver. I think I'll use the screwdriver. You got power tools. You got help. You got assistance. You're not working alone. You got heaven's provision to do the stuff that he's called you to do. You know, you got to activate it. But if you're going to, yeah, I don't want to get into that angel stuff. Well, the angel stuff's into you. It's a part of your package. It's a part of the benefits. That's not my word. That's, that's God's word. He says, or do you think that I cannot now pray to the Father and he will provide me more than 12 legions of angels? Here's Jesus. You know, we're going to beat you up. We're going to crucify you. And he's going, you're not going to do anything to me that I don't let you do. You're not going to take my life. I'm going to lay it down. Don't you know, if I wanted to right now, I could go, boom. And there'd be 12 packs of 12,000 big fellas ready to whoop your butt. And the reason you're going to crucify me is because I'm going to lay down my life to redeem mankind. But right now, I have access to legions of angelic hosts. Only Jesus had that, not you. Are you kidding? As he is, so are you in this world. And he could have used them, but he couldn't because he had to do something that God's will required of him. And so he separated himself to that. But I want you to know, look what it says, the Father and he will provide me. He will provide me. He will provide me. He will provide me. Give me another verse right here. Hebrews 1.14, the message. I just love the way the message says it. It's obvious. Listen, it's obvious that all angels are sent to help out those who are lined up to receive salvation. All angels are ready to assist you in your inheritance of God's purpose in your life. They're ready to work on your behalf to bring in the full manifestation, every bit of your salvation package. All angels are ready to serve you. And what do they want to do? They are ready. They're standing and going, you, you, that sick person, Carl, you want to heal him? What do you think? You want to heal him? Should we heal him? Should we go? I, he's blind. Want me to run up and get some eyeballs? I go get some eyeballs. Oh, too bad that person's blind. 
oh man, we could have got some eyeballs and he didn't even use us. You go, let there be eyeballs. Who? Yes. You got a kidney problem? Let there be kidney. The angel. Ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Remember uh, Robert Laird and he had that vision. He went to heaven as an eight-year-old kid and he saw this great big room and he went inside and he started opening drawers. It was eyeballs and livers and kidneys. He said, what's all this about? And Jesus came in and he says, sadly, we're storing all kinds of unappropriated favors, unappropriated blessings, unappropriated healings because people just don't. And, and Jesus began to weep. He said, people just don't believe that we're that good. He's ready to do stuff all around your world. And you just need to activate that ladder. Get it red hot, pitter patter. Bring in heavenly favors into life. How are you? Yeah. Got another verse. Psalm 103, 20, 21. Bless the Lord, you as angels who excel in strength, who do his word, who heed the voice of his word. See, when you voice the word of God, you activate the angelic realm. Because God is watching over his word to perform it. And he uses angels in the help of that. And angels act on the voice of his word. When you put your word... God's word on your mouth, heaven begins to move. Reinhard Bonnke said that. He said that God's word on your mouth is exactly the same as his word on your mouth. Exactly the same. I know it's not, you know, first, first and second Reinhard Bonnke 3.1. I know it's not scripture, but Reinhard was a pretty, pretty cool guy. I walked in a lot, of, a lot of revelation, did a lot of cool stuff. You know, when you use the word of God, angels pay attention to that, and they do bidding of the word of God. They're not doing, it doesn't matter who voiced it. If you voice it, they're ready to bring God's word into manifestation. So voice it, and it'll happen. Give me another slide. Door, there's doors. You ready? Doors. I'm going to give you three doors. There's lots of doors. I'm going to give you three doors to loose heaven out of your life. You ready? Three doors to let it out. What you got in has got to get out. Is anybody still here? Am I seeing a vision? Thank you. What you got in has got to get out. So here's how they get out. You ready? Here's the number one way it gets out your mouth. It says, do not doubt, but in your heart you believe. And when you believe those things that you say will be done, you will have whatever you say. Say, say. You have what you say. When you speak and when you declare the word of God, you have what you say. Acts 3, verse 6, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And you see, when they released that, they opened a door to the heavenly realm to be manifest in the life of other people. So you are a dispenser of heavenly favor when you use your mouth. Take your hand, right like this, take it here and go, those lips aren't for nonsense and criticism and stupidity, this mouth is to be used to bring heaven into manifestation. It's not to curse, it's to bless. And when you bless, you lose heavenly favor in people's lives. So the door of your mouth. Whoosh. Kenneth Hagin, I love Kenneth Hagin. He said, when you believe and you speak, you open the door to the supernatural. Believe it in your heart and speak it. Faith confessions create reality. Five mo ready? Here it is. Very practical stuff. Well, Pastor, how do I do this? I, I want to actually do this. As soon as I leave church today, I want to start to manifest that I am a gateway to the heavenly realm. I want to do this. How many want to do that? How many say, I can't wait to get out of here. I wish you would shut up. I'm ready to go. All right, here it is. You ready? Here's the best five powerful words to release heaven out of your life. You ready? Can I pray for you? I only had one person in my whole life say no. Only one. 
And you know, if even if they say no, say, okay, that's no problem. Because there's another door. What's the other door? Give me another door just for fun. Oh, I got Acts. Oh, this is good, right? It says, they will prophesy and I will show. So when will God show? When will God show? He will only show when you prophesy. So if you prophesy, I will show. I love Isaiah 48. It says, it says those things, things hidden, kept in reserve for now. There's present realities, present truths that God has reserved for today. There's things he wants to loose in the earth today. And it says those things are reserved for today. They're hidden things, but they're kept in reserve, but they're released. How are they released, Pastor? They're created now, called into being by the prophetic word. That's why I wish all God's people were prophets, because the prophetic voice looses the kingdom everywhere it goes. So that's the voice. So I got one more. You ready? You got two more. Feet, feet. Say, you ready? Feet, feet. Every place of foot you treads upon, God's there. Right? You ready? Kingdom, 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 kingdom. Okay. Every place I go, the kingdom is in full force. Every place your soul goes, boom, it's given to you. Kingdom. Romans 10, 15, it says, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news, the glad tidings of the gospels. Your feet. Next one, right here, boom, your hands. Your hands are a gateway to heaven. So they say, yeah, I don't need prayer. Okay, well, no problem. Now, careful with gender and things like that with those things, you know. You know, you can lose heaven with a handshake. Hey. <laughs> Jesus. You don't have to do the err and all that stuff. You literally, like, like radiating health, radiating life, literally, you are packing, you are carrying. You are in open heaven. You have a host of angels ready to be activated by you. You are so incredibly powerful. So incredibly powerful. Your voice, everywhere you go, everything you touch, you're commanded to loose heaven and loose blessing everywhere you go. I got one more slide. I think I do. You ready? Here's some very, very practical stuff right now. Don't you wish preaching was more practical? Like stuff I can use every day. Like things that, you know, don't get lofty and way out there, but I want stuff that I can use every day. Here you go. You ready? How to activate your open heaven. Are you ready? Going to give it to you. You might want to take a picture and write it down. Ready? Start. I ain't starting. He might say he can do this, but I ain't doing it no matter. I don't want to cause a traffic jam at Tim Hortons. I mean, what if I'm late for work? What if somebody healed gives you a new job? What if your breakthrough in your destiny is right in front of your face? Start. Say start. start. Number two, you ready? I'll slow down a bit for those taking notes. Keep going. Keep going. Number three, please don't stop. Don't stop. This is what you're called to do. Every one of us, every day. How many people here are in the ministry? How many? What are the rest of you doing with your life? How many are in the ministry around here? Okay, tell you what. Just put your hands down. Now everybody take your right hand. Raise it up really high. Everybody, be really awkward if you're the only one with your hand down. You don't want to be awkward. Do you ever look at, look at that person didn't put their hand up? I mean, that's weird. I right now, in the name of Jesus, I assign you to a healing ministry. I assign you to supernatural ministry. I assign you, your voice, your hands, your feet, as vehicles and vessels of loosing heavenly favor everywhere you go. You are in the ministry. Never, ever not raise your hand on that question again. All right? Put your hands down. How many people are in the ministry? Woo! 
Every one of you. Well, what does it say? It says John 20, 21. Well, what kind of ministry do I have? Like, how awesome is my ministry? Listen to this. So Jesus said to them, peace, shalom, wholeness, fullness to you. As the Father sent me, I also send you. So your ministry is the same power, same quality, same everything as the ministry of Jesus.